0: I begin today by acknowledging the traditional custodians of a land upon which this podcast is recorded and pay my respects to their elders past and present. I extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may be listening here today. So today I am super excited to be joined by what I feel is like my sister from another mister, Dom Deming. Uh, Dom is a poetic embodiment facilitator. So for those of you that are unfamiliar with Dom's work, she is the catalyst for visceral poetic transformation. She is a creative intimacy facilitator, an embodiment artist and an inquiry doula. So Dom has this incredible ability to merge curiosity, sensuality, expression humor into what she calls poetic curiosity and she has created that as her poetic curiosity method and she's created this to explore the deep inquiry that can occupy the mind and the body for somatic healing. Welcome Dom.
1: Hi, thank you for having me. Oh, that was so juicy to hear you read out loud.
0: (laughs) Just adding my own little flair in there as well.
1: Oh, I love it.
0: So, I knew that I had to have you on the podcast because, like we were saying just before we went live, like we kind of went deep before the microphones even turned on. But it was the fact that I feel you bring such a fresh, refreshing, and how do I put it? Refreshing is definitely the word, but a much needed perspective into what embodiment is and, I guess, who embodiment can be for.
1: Yeah. I think embodiment is for anybody that's looking to deeply connect with the mind and body dialogue and to nurture all these pathways of yourself, which creates just art. And when I say art, I'm not talking about like unicorns and you're like frolicking around in your goddess skirts, (laughs) which that's beautiful. That's one way, but it's kind of like when you walk into a museum. And the more, or even listen to a song, the more you hear a song, you pick up different elements. You pick up maybe even color. I know some people can actually literally see color when they listen to music. But when you even go to a museum, you're looking at different art, artifacts of this human being who is putting art on this beautiful canvas. But the more you re-enter it again and again, you'll see different fractions of yourself or you'll see different emotions being expressed and that is you you are the human artifact of yourself and all the experiences you've been through
0: I love that there's a quote that I often come back to by um I always forget his first name but basket who talks about like art being a way that we decorate space and music being the way that we decorate time so I really love the fact that you spoke to this idea of seeing ourselves in art and that being a reflection of the, the deepness of self and how that can both translate across so many different art forms before we get too deep in the philosophical hole because I love to go there I know. <laughs> it's like what is art what is life let's go um so for you what was your journey into embodiment what was it that you were like yep that that's me I need to be in that space and that's where my voice is most required
1: I had, we're going to get super morbid for a second. I had a miscarriage. And as much as that was so devastating to experience and and find out, because when I found out it was, oh, you're pregnant, but you're also having a miscarriage. And it was so hard to process, but it was also an initiation to not hiding or bypassing how I was coping with uh, sexual assault beforehand. So I used food to kind of numb out and I just really hated myself because I didn't know how to verbally express anything that I was going through. So when I had that miscarriage, it was just that initiation of you need to really look at yourself. You really need to hold yourself. You really need to look within. And my mom got me into an MLM and you're like, how does this go into a miscarriage? But with the MLM, it opened up my eyes to personal development and working out, like moving your body. And I was moving my body, reading all these books and I was feeling alive. It was like a world I'd never been in, but I still kept getting stuck at like mindset, 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 or oh, you're just going to do, you know, the law of attraction stuff. And remember, whatever you say, you are. And at first it was cool to get into all those things, but then it it led me into a space where I felt like anytime I just wanted to play in the descent of myself or I wanted to play in the mystery, it was wrong. Or I would self-gaslight myself in those experiences thinking, no, we have to stay in the positive. We have to stay high vibrational. Like if you're not saying high vibrational, what are you doing? And it, it confused me a lot of the times to where then I went right back to food, but in this time it was to manipulate my body. And I had a fear of like, that I was going to gain all this weight that I lost. I lost 80 pounds from doing the MLM and getting involved in it. And that fear And thinking that I was in touch with my body because I was working out actually was not the truth. I was just, it was another coping mechanism to kind of deteriorate and and kind of go away from the truth of, okay, we need to descend. We need to allow ourselves to journal. We need to allow ourselves to go in. And that's another thing too. I thought journaling (laughs) <laughs> was this, you know, you get like the 30 day journals and you just, you, you do it from there. But I, I never liked it because it felt forced and I couldn't just think of that question off the bat. Like, what are you feeling today? And I would just, I would just, sometimes I would just write fuck, <laughs> you know, but so let me go back to the point of uh, the eating disorder. So I, I got, I eventually got into having eating disorders. And I, I sought out therapy, and this was my first experience to somatics. And this girl, uh, she she was like, "Have you ever thought about like moving your body, almost like in a static dance way?" And I was like, "No, I can't do that. I only know weights. I only know weights and cardio. Hit." And she was like, No, 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 that's 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 great. You're working out a body, but you're not allowing yourself to really feel in and work on your posture and your gestures and feel your expression and really see yourself. And I thought I laughed at her. I really did. I did. I laughed at her because I thought there's no way in hell that I can just move my body (laughs) and be okay. Until I started doing her little practices and I noticed how when I would take notes on how my body is, I started seeing how much I was the actor and witness of my own life and my own experiences. And so I allowed myself to go through my eating disorders and have a better relationship to food and my body. And I learned how to caress my body very sensually, And I learned how to make it poetry. So every time I went to go do a journal entry, it became Okay, kind of what do we want to act out? What do you want to, what are we feeling? And then I started coming up with like these landscapes and I would put myself and imagine myself, which by the way, uh, your imaginative self is the most beautiful part to your creative integrity. And so when I would play in these realms and watch my posture, I didn't realize that when I felt sad, my fists would clamp up. And normally we would associate that with anger, but when I was feeling this, this threat of sadness, it was my fists were tight, or I would have to like, just kind of jolt my whole arms to the side really fast, or I would have to roll around and do very primal, but also kid-like movements. And that totally got me into learning that, okay, this is another level of embodiment. We get to play, we get to be the actor and witness of our life. We get to be the actor and witness of what we write down with our poetic self, whether it is you're just writing down a sentence for your journaling. It can just be like, I don't really feel like doing anything today. That's a great entry. And because you can play off those things, you can play off so many experiences of yourself while you are learning what's happening in your body and what you're going through.
0: I love that term, actor and witness, because it's one of those fundamental consciousness shifts that I think plays out for for us as we continue to understand the self more. It's like, you know, think about Michael A. Singer, like he talks about it in uh, The Untethered Soul, the idea of this nature of being the observer. Yeah. And I think it's from that place of accessing the observer that we also begin to access the magician and like you say, begin to play in creating life as poetry and experiencing the poetry of life. Uh, and another key point, you had so many great things in there that I wanted to touch on. But the next piece I wanted to speak to more specifically is to circle back to when you spoke about the descent and the mystery, and the fact that being high vibe and looking to maintain the appropriate mindset made you feel like the descent and the mystery was wrong. What changed that for you?
1: Honestly, learning how to see the descent. As a lover, as a companion, not something that you have to keep defending, not something that is an enemy. It's something that gets to caress you, reveal to you. It doesn't have to be the absolute truth, it can just be what's present and there in that moment. And through the descent, you land in mystery. Because if we Think about everything in our life so far, even this moment right here. It's mystery. Even if you have a choice, there's still mystery, you know, right there. You can even consider mystery a mistress, a vixen, something that you get to also be alert in and you get to play. In her bff which is curiosity <laughs> because i really do you can't have mystery without curiosity and you can't have mystery or curiosity without the descent we can call descent depth we can call that um intention we can we can call that so many different things so don't feel like when you hear the word descent it doesn't mean like you're going to hell <laughs> it might feel like that <laughs> but again these are just again things that have been categorical of oh light dark and it's like no it's it's neutralized even though it's okay to play in the the categorical sense of those things because sometimes categories are needed sometimes but yeah seeing it as a lover really changed it for me and it made me look at it like I didn't have to hate it I got to if I wanted to if I wanted to love hate it awesome but I got to see it more neutral and seeing as a as a benefactory of myself and as another, we can say, portal, intentional space to just go in and know that I'm not needing to be ashamed of that mystery or be ashamed of that descend.
0: I love the way that you broke that down, and especially that importance of curiosity as a companion to mystery. It's something that it's it's hilarious i taught a three-day immersion on the weekend for part of my certification and with my students the biggest thing that i'm like framing when they're working with clients invite curiosity invite curiosity just curiosity that creates the space and the clearing for transformation to show up Mm -hmm. um and in that that piece around descent it's one of the things that often when i'm teaching practitioners to access more magic it is first through the descent because until you are willing to meet yourself in those spaces that previously remained untouched we're not fully able to channel and harness our energy in a way that we can more Predictably, for one of a better way to put it, given that there is still such a high degree of mystery, more predictably start to co-create our experience and to bring things into being in alignment with that which we align to our true desire. So I caused a little bit of controversy yesterday on social media because I talked about. I love um, that. <laughs> I you know, love creating a little bit of controversy. Um, anyway, so by the time people are hearing this, it's probably months months ago. However, it was yesterday and this is real lifetime. And, you know, to what is time? Um, anyway, I put up a post about the fact that breathwork is fantastic for suspending the personality. However, breathwork alone will teach little about the descent into the body. Mm. So yeah. how do you describe the descent to someone that's never encountered the descent before?
1: It's almost like a void or a nothingness or it just almost feels like you're dropping into a space that feels musky but to not be scared of it and I know it's so easy for me don't be scared of it but I was I was the other I was that girl too that was really really terrified of playing in the descent playing in uh, the the murkiness, the the shadowy, the the moss, you know of it. And I think it's just a space for you to imagine as well your you're, you can even imagine it as sitting with a friend and having a a conversation. It doesn't have to be this crazy ritualistic thing if you don't want it to be that's the thing too all these things get to be what we are what we are internally feeling into and wanting it to being be experienced in you know and it's okay to see the descend as a, a friend and have a conversation with it and know that you get to play with the darkness I don't know. I think that's like the best way to describe it. It's just, it's murky. It's like shallow water.
0: <laughs> I love how much poetry you're bringing to this. Like it's, it's again, you know, if that poetic curiosity. Is so, so, so fitting for your work. Um, <clears throat> I remember the first time I began to access dissent. Like I, at the time I had no idea what dissent was. It was this idea of like you said, accessing it through somatics. It was the piece around exploring movement, exploring my emotive responses, getting curious about those tantric pathways and beginning to slowly relinquish control over, oh, I'm meant to look this way or it's meant to look that way. I'm meant to sound that way. And I remember the first time that I feel like I accessed that place, it was just these lightning bolts of knowledge would hit me, like universal truths that would just shake my very cells what do you feel i guess for someone that would just be accessing this work for the first time what rules do you kind of wish people knew they could break
1: you can break so many rules i think you can break the rule book on rules instead of seeing rules as rules i like to see them as just pathways that you get to play in with curiosity. So when there is a rule there, like, oh, I have to sound, I'm going to piggyback off of your point, where I have to sound like this perceived person that I am sending to my mirrored neurons in my brain, that that's the way of success. That's the way of, even for me, like I'm an embodiment coach. Okay, if I type in an embodiment coach, I'm going to see all this. And I'm going to think that, oh, I have to be that in that realm to be those type of being or say the same thing, say the same words. So when you tap into the pathway of who you are, or you just play in who you are, or you get to play in the opposites, even paradoxes are great. Those are great places to play in. (laughs) But we can just focus on uh, opposites right now. So when you are allowing yourself to come into a space where you're like, oh, I think I have to sound like that. Can you allow yourself to drop into what does that look like? If I try to sound like that, how would that feel in my body? Where is my posture going? Where is my gestures going? What sound am I making? Where am I thinking I have to be? And how does that feel? And when you allow yourself to witness yourself as that, you might find it very comical I know sometimes I did, or you might, just, you might just burst into tears because you're thinking that you have to be something that's molded to get the desire that you are yearning for. So when you are in that, play in the opposite of that. Okay. If I wasn't like that and I was this sassy, spicy, I'm just going to say it and I'm going to be very polarizing and just say how I want and if someone comments cool I'm going to comment back with a joke or I'm just going to delete it how would that feel in your body can we can we morph that in can we see that pathway and you might it might feel scary because you never allowed yourself to play in that type of posture or gesture or tone But it doesn't mean that that is wrong. It just means it's something that is in the mystery. It's unknown to you. It's foreign. So what can you allow yourself to play in to do that? Is it taking that photo or chopping your hair or getting a wig at first maybe? Is it dyeing your hair crazy like mine? I look like a lava lamp. (laughs) Is it that or is it you know finally just saying? hey, this is a truth of mine and you just post it and you go and you just leave Facebook for, or Instagram or wherever you're posting, you just leave it up for a good 10, 20 minutes and you just leave and you come back and you just, I can breathe, I can do this, we can do hard things and you go on and you see your comments and you're like, oh, wow, people are, oh, it's not that scary or maybe it kind of is and knowing that those are all okay to plan and know that it doesn't have to be just this one way. And we're so focused on that. That's why we, we cling to those things that say, you know, in 15 days or less, you can get this. I mean, that sounds great, but it's not factual or, Oh, if you sign into this one course, you'll get this. And it's, that's great. But you're taking on someone else's dogmas. You're not allowing yourself to really ingrain and body embody in that other opposite or play in the paradox where it doesn't have to paradox, uh, non-binary parts of you and you get to showcase that as well.
0: I love the piece you mentioned about inheriting dogma because that's the other piece that I think embodiment and that deep connection to self is such a powerful vehicle to start to dissolve dogma, which is another reason why I feel this work and magic goes so hand in hand, because magic is that coming back to your sovereign truth and coming back to your connection to your own innate divinity, which is why I feel this work is like a match made in heaven. And the other piece that I feel like I could feel the threads and maybe it was just us going back to our conversation before we started recording. And I think there was so much permission in the way that you frame that around not taking it all too seriously. And because I I can almost tell the recent graduate of the embodiment program because they look exactly like the instructor. Um, What was your journey to claiming embodiment in your unique flavor?
1: Allowing myself to be a total goofball (laughs) and allowing myself to play in these, I like to call them themes. And this is how I see my work and how I allow myself to be in my embodiment one is uh cathartic brilliance so when i write i'm allowing myself to share because being seen in general doesn't matter where it is it's scary i don't think it ever goes away (laughs) i think it's something that you just move with as you go and as your brain wants to tell you that you did something shitty or you you fucked up that word you know and we have to allow ourselves to know that that's okay but Uh, Cathartic brilliance is one way that um, I allow myself to fully embody my experiences and land in my storytelling and put that out or put that into a a one-on-one or a course. And then the, the second one, which I do a lot in videos is comedic wisdom. And it helps me embody that play, that funness, that expression on my face and allowing me to just go and do crazy accents and doing crazy things. And that allows me to know that I don't have to think that I have to be so serious to make it myself a business or continue in business or to get anything. So those are the two things that I land on most when I'm incorporating my own embodiment of myself.
0: I love that so much because so often we wouldn't associate comedy with something that's a form of embodiment, right? Uh, because, you know, we think about words like descent and mystery and somatics, and it's all sounds so heavy. And I think that's one of the things I find so refreshing with your approach is this idea of, Hey, like, you know, integrate the paradox, bring the parts of you in that are the goofball, that are the jester. Um, what was it that I guess, jester medicine brought into your expression in, in your business? What did you notice changed?
1: I stopped attaching to things like when someone told me, no, I don't want to work with you. Or I even got a comment about my body when I did this crazy dance. And I was like, Oh, I'm going to put information on there and just be goofy. Just shake my butt and do it. You know, I was trying to be cool. Like the Gen Z is okay. On TikTok. (laughs) And, (laughs) and it just helped me navigate that life is so funny as much as it's devastating and it's overwhelming and it's, sometimes you just want to put a pillow on it. You're just like, let me just hold it down a little bit until you, a little bit. I just want to see you turn a little bit blue and and you pull it up, but (laughs) it's, it helped me not only redeem, not taking things serious, not taking things seriously or, or negative comments and people saying no, but I noticed that my anxiety that I had around social settings, uh, the way that I actually wanted to even talk to my partner, it allowed me to just learn that it's okay to say what I'm saying and to not, I would filter first and then say what I wanted because I I thought of the other person first or when someone was like interested in one-on-ones, I would think of them first. And then I'm like, wait, Wait, what about me? It allowed me to have boundaries and know that boundaries are mine to hold. And I, I thought boundaries was something that you could, you know, kind of have like this big barrier around and people have to like ask the guard to come in when I'm like, no, that's, that's uh like, <laughs> that's like manipulation. And that, and that goes into so many other things. And so when I allowed myself to know that boundaries are inner than out, it was a big change. So being a goofball and allowing myself to be in the cathartic brilliance, it changed how I related to people, related to myself, related to my relationship. And now I can, I have the capacity to hold discomfort. And I never thought I would get to that place. I'm not saying that I'm I'm happy about discomfort. (laughs) I'm saying that I don't look at it as this oh I want to shun. I want to not face it and just let it just cause resentment in my body and hold it now I can hold it even with the in the intenseness and the uh the uncomfortableness I can hold it now and not make it always about me first and that was I'm still practicing here and there and that's okay that's that's the whole thing we're going to be practicing the rest of our lives there's no magic like one thing again but It really really allowed me to hold those things and I think that just has made my writing so much better and the way that I I space hold in anything that I do so much more nurturing Hmm.
0: and so much goodness in that I love the fact that you speak to the idea that the jester medicine was allowed what allowed you to actually hold boundaries. Again, it's this, I think the paradox, like so often, like you say, yeah. when we learn about boundaries, it's like, I call it the difference between boundaries and battlements. Like I think people build these, Whoa. these battlements around <laughs> themselves and that's kind of the pendulum coming back from being in that foreign response, the people pleaser. to then suddenly it's just like, I must construct a military uh, fortress for myself so I'm constantly under attack by the needs of others. Uh, whereas it's, hey, like, what if this is me first? And I love that, you know, uh, the the comedy, the jester, was what allowed you to access that. That is so, again, poetic to me. Uh, I have such an interesting relationship with the fool card out of the tarot deck. It's Every time I get that, like, you know, often if you look at the traditional meaning of the fool, it's the idea of, you know, folly and foolishness. Yeah. however to me I always relate the fool to the jester in the king's court he was the only one that had the ability to to mock the king mm-hmm. and so whenever I think of jester medicine whenever I think of the fool I think it's that you know uh, the curiosity and the playfulness to see life in its entirety rather than this married to one end version that so many of us uh, lean into and get a little bit top heavy
1: um yeah I love that you said that It's so, it's so true because I also think like when we are allowing ourselves to be humorous, we see our postures, we see how dramatic we are. I think that's, I think that's really beautiful about us, by the way, that we're so, we are so deeply invested into things that we have to, even the things that we're crying about, we're upset about. And then we look back, have you ever made a video of yourself crying? That's, that's, that is very healing, but also it can be hilarious because you're like, I didn't realize that I was up oh, I was really upset about that guy. I was really upset about that thing. So the the dramatization of ourselves is also just so healing to witness in our bodies.
0: Absolutely, and I think it's that full spectrum of experience that you invite in because 100% you need to be able to be willing to go to the depths and the darkness and to feel those those tender fragile dark places that feel scary because like can I hold myself there and much in the same way going to the opposite end of that of like feeling your full power and what it means for you to be in that assertive penetrative energy and in the same way then going the other opposite end to have a look at how hilarious all of it is all together which I think is part of what I feel you do so well in the work and the way that you communicate around embodiment is that I feel your integration in those facets of yourself and that you quite fluidly move between those things. So what is a honeypot session?
1: (laughs) A honeypot session is where, so if you are feeling like you need to sensationalize your branding where you get to also play in your own cathartic brilliance or your own uh, comedic wisdom, you get to figure out what that feels like. What does that feel like in your whole neurons of your body? And where is that discord to why it's not being portrayed out of that brand? Is it the wording? Is it uh, you feeling again like you have to be these other things besides yourself or it can go into self-intimacy. Where are you feeling a discord within yourself or in your relationship to yourself, to your partner, or where do you want to allow yourself to be a catalyst and kind of play in the seducing of your sensories and allowing that to come out of you. So it's just more so a playground for you to kind of feel in and almost kind of take your own hands in a a space that I hold for you and I, and we co-create what's happening. Where, Where can we pull out and feel the dripping of your own nectar, your own nectar that is not a whole checklist of what you have to be. No, it's you coming back to your self-sovereignty. It's you learning the movements of your body, moving your body with your message and your essence all in one.
0: I love how... A, of course, like it's one of those things that I think once you get to a certain point in business, it's like it's, you know, everything touches everything. And that ability to, again, self hold to meet your own edges and to and to feel into, as you say, that nectar, to that potency, that essence of yourself, and then being able to translate that into your branding, translating that into the way that you're showing up. Of course, like it, it totally makes sense. So yeah. for the right person, how would they find out more about how to do that with you?
1: So you can go to my Instagram. There's a link in the bio. It's it's Dom underscore Deming, or you can just personally message me. Any uh, social media that I'm on, it's Dom Deming or Dom underneath underscore Deming. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. I'll drop Dom's details in the show notes as well for people that want to check her out. Absolutely recommend following her. She definitely is, like I mentioned, that breath of fresh air when it comes to this embodiment space, which so often is as poetic as it is, like we mentioned before. Of course, we need all sides. And I just love the fact that you're bringing this underrepresented portion of expression and somatics that I feel can be so, so deeply healing.
1: Thank you so much.
0: So, one of the questions I love to steal from Tim Ferriss, because it's one of my favorites, is if you had a billboard out out to the world, if you could put a message out and everyone in the planet would see it, what would be on the billboard?
1: Honestly, I think it would just say you are you are the actor and witness of your life. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. And I love the layers of that. It's like one of those simple yet profound. And as people continue to journey, it's like, oh, yes, I thought I had it, but now I actually have it. And then you realize you never had it and then you have it again. It's great. It's the gift that keeps on giving.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Or it's just... It will just confuse people. You are the act, the actor, and witness. What does that even mean? Let me call up Carol. You know what I mean? It's like what? It will like draw you back in and back in, and that's what art does. That's what you do. It's what I do. It's what we all do. We all we draw people back in. We pull them out. It's the contraction, baby. The the contraction.
0: The birth canal forever and ever. Any parting wisdom you feel to share with anyone listening or the people listening?
1: (laughs) The people, the people, all the people. (laughs) Honestly, stop tuning in to what you think you have to do and really honor your own discernment. I feel the reason why you're confused is because you're not honoring your own discernment. You are wrapped in so many other mythologies, dogmas of other people's truths and not your own. And confusion, I also think it's another thread of, you do know what you need to do, but it could feel like a really hard truth to, to say out loud because it goes, maybe it goes against what you've been doing, but it doesn't take away what you've already done it's all a pathway. And just like Jessica said, everything is touching everything. So you're not you're not behind. You're not backward, forward. No, you're just here. And allow yourself to know this. When you feel confused, are you doom scrolling? Are you too much on the social media? Take, take yourself out and really come back to your own homage of you. Because I feel like a lot of us Are thinking we're sharing some type of truths but really it's just what we've been taught to say instead of what we actually want to say so when you feel confused check in with your discernment if you don't know what your discernment is this is a great time to practice that and start a relationship with it that's what I want to end on
0: Absolutely love that. And that piece around the practicing, having that humility to be the student of life, I think is something that is such a transmission and a permission that you give Dom. So thank you so much for joining me today and look forward to continuing many of these brilliant conversations with you moving forward.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I had a blast.